Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, the levels of executive control. With us in our virtual studio is Dr. George McCloskey. We're going to get into um, the show details here in just a bit. But before we do, real quickly, I just want to announce the 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD is set. It's November the 7th to the 9th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, thrilled about this conference. Years ago, we used to have a, a few different ADHD conferences around the country. Now it's all unified into one mega conference. Um, I'm ex- very excited. I'll be presenting there myself this year on working memory in kind of a workshop format that I think is going to be a lot of fun. Um, really encourage everybody um, to go to this uh, this conference. I know we're very proud of the content that we provide on Attention Talk Radio, but it pales in terms of conference form because the real learning is with the tribe, uh, hanging out with other people with ADHD in the halls, talking to speakers one-on-one when they're done. Um, and just it's just a, it's a great experience. So if you can find a way to make it, I encourage you to do so. You can learn more about the conference and sign up at chadd.org. Speaking of that. Um, Children with adult children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, better known as CHAD, has been a longtime supporter of Attention Talk Radio. In celebration of that event, we are uh, we're we're anxious to give away uh, free copies of Attention Magazine. Um, all you need to do is to listen to this show and one other show. Write down the keyword, which we'll announce a couple times through the show. And if you email me tonight's keyword and another keyword from another show to attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Again, that's attention at attentiontalkradio.com. We'll email you a PDF copy of the current um, um, edition of Attention Talk Radio and excuse me, of uh, Attention Magazine, and we will send you a copy of the next one that's in print. Um, Again, Chad, is, our show tonight is being brought to you by Chad, and we have a little tip that we want to run, and we'll get into the meat of the show. So we'll roll the tape. Organization can be a real challenge for some adults with ADHD in the workplace. Set goals and create a system you can follow and put into actionable steps, like finding time to focus without disruption. Prioritize important items and track your daily success. Learn more workplace coping skills at chad.org. That's C-H-A-D-D dot O-R-G. Thanks again, Chad, for your continued support. Uh, real quickly, if you're not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We always encourage our listeners to uh, become a member or to donate if you haven't already done so, simply because one strong Chad community means one strong voice for the ADHD community. Uh, Chad is the one that's uh, up on Capitol Hill uh, lobbying for us, um, also kind of lobbying um, for the different regulatory agencies as uh, different things come up that affect those with ADHD. Uh, you can learn more about Chad and become a member at chadb.org. Um, again, please check it out. Um, okay, let's get into the meat of the show. Um, first of all, I want a little bit of background on this. Uh, Kirsten Milliken was a co-host of mine many years ago, and every once in a while she comes on the show still. And 
I love my peeps out there. They're always watching out for me. And uh, she was at a, a presentation by uh, Dr. George McCloskey, and she immediately, I think she actually texted me from the event and said, you got to talk to this guy. And we did a show with him uh, recently uh, on executive um, function and executive skills, which is, was spectacular. And if you're listening uh, to this program uh, and you're listening to us off the web or off of iTunes, in the description there's actually a link to the show that we did. I would encourage you to go listen to that show uh, because it kind of dovetails with this one. Um, so you can go back and, and, and peruse that. It was a great learning experience, at least for me. Real quickly, Dr. McCloskey is a professor and director of school psychology research in the School of Professional and Applied Psychology of Philadelphia's College of Osteopathic Medicine and holds a doctorate status with American um, Academy of Pediatric Neuropsychology. Based over 20 years of research and um, experience working with children, adolescents, and adults exhibiting executive functioning difficulties, Dr. McCloskey has developed a comprehensive model of executive functions that can be used to access executive function strengths and difficulties and guide intervention efforts. Dr. McCloskey is the lead author of two books, Assessment and Intervention for Executive Function Difficulties and Essentials of Executive Function Assessments. Um, he's a frequent uh, presenter at international, national, state, and regional meetings on cognitive and neuropsychological assessment and intervention topics, and consults with a number of school districts and private school nationwide on issues relating to improving um, students' regulation. Um, you can learn more about him at his website at georgemccloskeyphd.com. But what we really encourage you to do, he's got a lot of books. The best place to really find them is on Amazon.com. Is just uh, Google or not, excuse me, search for George McCloskey. That's spelled M-C-C-L-O-S-K-E-Y. And with that, Dr. McCloskey, welcome to the show. Hi, Jeff. It's uh, great to be back with you. You know, I was, I was, I was so. Related last interview, we were talking about executive uh, function, executive skill, and that notion of uh, the when, uh, when pause, and when and how, and how to kind of do um, some things to kind of go forward. And today we're here to back to talk about the levels of executive control. To begin, can you just talk about what when we talk about executive control, what that is, and then we'll kind of just kind of get into things a little bit in more detail based on your model. Oh sure. Well, we we um, you know we talked about uh, executive functions and skills, and we've, we've talked about that as being self-regulation. Of course, what I mentioned last time is we, it's best to think of executive control as this uh, as a control system that really involves multiple levels, and it's a supervisory system. It's a brain's control system, and just like a management structure of a multinational corporation, you've got multiple levels of management, and so self-regulation is really the first level of management that connects with the rest of the brain, think of the rest of the brain as the workers. And so you've got this first level of managers that, that uh, basically tells the uh, workers what to do and when to do it. But uh, above okay. that, you know, in any organization, you've got managers that don't do anything but manage other managers. And in the brain, we've got sort of a metaphorical, you know, similarity to that in that we've got other levels of executive capacities that are above self-regulation. And around age 10 to 14, these start to emerge you know, very strongly in the brain. Rudiments of them are there, uh, but they really become very prominent in adolescence. It's kind of like that, that point around 10 to 14 where individuals wake up and, and begin to realize, wait a minute, there, there's nothing you can say or do to make me do anything I don't want to do. I'm in charge. You know, When you're not around, it's as far as parents and others, I can do whatever I want to do. So the brain now realizes that. 
But see, that's that's big responsibility there because that means you've got to start self-regulating and consistent with your 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 ideas of who you are and what you want to do. So that's called self-determination. The idea there is you can start setting your own goals. You can start doing what you want to do. Now, there's a there's a when and a how to that as well. And so we always think we're going to be our own boss, tell ourselves what to do. But do we really know how to be that that manager? And the problem there is, you know, sometimes that what, what goals do we have? So the ability to pick good goals and to set, you know, set good goals for ourselves that we want to achieve, but also to have the, the tool. How do you achieve those? And part of that is delayed gratification. So we've got to shift that, that desire for things from immediate gratification because if you do that, you're not going to be uh, – and you can self-regulate to be immediately gratified. Appreciate that, right? You, you can pay attention to yep. video games for hours at a time, so you're self-regulating. But the problem here is self-determination has to take control of that and say, well, here's the thing. If, if we do that, we're not going to get this goal accomplished in a week or a month or a year. And so that, that management structure now has to take over, and the myelination of the neural networks have to start connecting from self-determination to self-regulation. So now that self-determination manager has to start managing the self-regulators so they do what they need to do every day so you can achieve the goal you want to in a day or a month or a year or, or, you know, or whatever. And so that's, that connection becomes what becomes a major focus of adolescence, strengthening the capacity to be self-determined and then also to be to self-regulate in a way consistent with that self-determination, which is a challenge. It's very difficult for brains to do that. And, and another yep. component at that same level is self-realization. And we can talk a little bit about that. But so uh, self-realization is just the awareness of what it is you can and can't do. Uh, and awareness of you know, around 10 to 14, kids wake up and start telling their parents, you know, why did you tell me I'm good at that? I, I don't, I'm not good at that. I suck at that, right? So the idea yep, of really yep. now is, is for you to know what you really can and can't do without other people telling you. And so that capacity combined with self-determination has to create that, that environment where you know what you can and can't do or, and you have, know what you want to do. And those, both of those now have to sync up with self-regulation. And now think about that. If you got this new level of management you hired around age 10 to 14, uh, it's not real good at doing its job. And if you, if you ever if were in a business situation where you've got new management in place, uh, everybody gets thrown out and new, new managers are there, well, first several weeks or months or whatever, it's, there's not going to be a lot of work happening because people are still getting used to the new management and they're getting used to the workers and the, and the supervisors underneath them. So there's a natural dip in self-regulation around 10 to 11 where the brain just becomes a little less regulated than it had been up to that point where other people were telling it what to do. Now it's trying to tell itself what to do, and that creates a little bit of, of um, a little uh, you know, incompetency at the, at the connection there. So while we're strengthening the capacity for an, and growing self-determination, self-realization, there's a dip in self-regulation until those two capacities get online, start really being uh, effective, and start connecting with self-regulation. So you start bringing self-regulation back online in a competent way, but now it's serving self-determination and self-realization instead of serving parents or teachers or others that are telling you what to do all the time. A big challenge for the adolescent okay. brain. Okay, so at the basic level we kind of talked about self-regulation, and then above that we have self-realization and self-determination. And I'm, I'm understanding self-realization is a little bit of like self-awareness and self-determination is goal setting and kind of long-term goal setting. I'm simplifying this. Is that is, I'm like, we're on the same page? You, you, you got it. Yep. Goal, goal setting and long-term and, planning. You know, if you have a yep. if you have a long-term goal, what's your plan for achieving it? Yep. 
and and these two systems kind of have to kind of come together and work together a little bit. And as they grow, there's a little bit of chaos, kind of like two, two rivers kind of coming together as well, and until it kind of smooths out. So that's that you're talking. I think at the, to the 10, 11 age is sometimes there's a little dip in self-regulation because this stuff is starting to kind of come along online and make some sense. Is that right? You, you got it. Yes, and uh, and you know, in the brain within the brain, we're talking about myelination of neural networks. In other words, the the more you use certain connections in your brain or create them and begin to use them, uh, you know, the more the brain uh, does certain things, the more effective it gets at it. Neurons that fire together begin to wire together. So, getting that system up and running where you're actually self-regulating in service of your own self-determination, with the you know with the benefit of your own self-realization, is something the brain needs yep. to learn how to do. It's fascinating. There's some coaching stuff that I want to kind of relate to this, but I think we got a good jumping off point. I'm going to go to a break real quick. Everyone, our secret word tonight is levels. Um, that's levels. And, again, Dr. Wachowski has several books. Please go to Amazon.com and search for um, him. That last name is M-C-C-L-O-S-K-E-Y. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk Radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with uh, Dr. George McCloskey. Um, it's kind of a follow-up interview that we had um, a little recently on executive functioning, executive skills. And we're, today we're talking about executive uh, control. And uh, we're just kind of framing things out a little bit uh, beforehand. And Dr. McCloskey, I kind of want to talk about some coaching stuff and kind of relate, like, I think of what we do in your model a little bit and kind of get your thoughts on it. 
one of the things in coaching when somebody calls us up, the first thing is we receive them. And what that really means is we begin to hear them and listen to them and really try to get them to really open up, to be the first person that has really heard their story so that they feel heard, so they can be relaxed, so that they feel in a safe space. But then one of the first things that we start to do is we, we start calling, we mirror things back. Sometimes we repeat things word for word or we frame them in a way to kind of help them develop some self-awareness. Um, Dr. Barkley, we've interviewed him before. I think he, they call it mind mirrors, kind of look back and kind of self-reflect. And that's kind of our base level type stuff where we're mirroring back so they become self-aware of that and their self-regulation to kind of strengthen that muscle a little bit. And in there, just also kind of relate that to the goals and stuff that they're bringing to us. In terms of practical application, what I've described as coaching, again, we're trying to strengthen those skills as a coach to help develop those does that, compl- does that make some sense with regard to the model that you've outlined here, or is, am I misinterpreting something in terms of the, the application of, of trying to coach people forward on what you're, you, you shared with us? Yeah. Well, Jeff, I think, you're, uh, I think you're on target there, certainly, that what you're doing when you do uh, the, the repeating back, as, as you said, is you're attempting to increase self, self-awareness, which is self-realization. At that level, it's a meta level of awareness. We're talking about awareness of your yep. own awareness. And so by yep. the repetition, you're like giving them the opportunity to recognize or realize what they just said to you. Uh, and it's, so what we're trying to do here is strengthen that capacity, that, that ability to step outside yourself, kind of disidentify a little bit, be objective, and take that self-realized perspective on what it is you're doing in the way of self-regulation and, and awareness being part of that self-regulation. But this is a different level of awareness we're talking about, and it's one you want to keep okay. with you all the time. And you want to keep with you all the time, but for for our crowd, the people with attention deficit disorder, it's a bit of a challenge for them just because of the executive impairment. Or is that am I, is that am I accurately reflecting that? Yeah, sure is. And uh, you know whether your whether your difficulties are just at this self awareness level, and they can be, or if you got some awareness difficulties, attention difficulties, and self regulation, um, you, it's hard for you to develop and strengthen self realization if you can't pay attention for a short period of time. So self, self-regulation difficulties can disrupt the worker of this next level of management. And, uh, but you've got to strengthen it to take control of that next, you know. In other words, you want that upper-level manager to be in charge of the lower-level manager, yep. which means the more Absolutely. self-realized you are, the more likely you're going to be self, uh, self-aware or, or paying attention when you need to be. It's interesting because I, when I'm working with people, I descend this, this, the attention, this, the self-awareness of attention and self-awareness of emotion. Um, it's interesting because it's more difficult to help people become aware of emotions. We did a, an interview many years ago with Sesame Street and some of the things that they do um, did in season 43 with regard to that. So it's, I find it fascinating. And and everybody, sometimes I'm referring to prior shows because a lot of what Dr. McCloskey is, lot of this is all embedded. It's said sometimes in different ways, but it's all related back to the same thing. So. Um, the next level, I think, is on is self uh, generation. Is that right? Yeah, self generativity. And uh, well, as you know, before we move up there, I just uh, just a, a, okay. a note. Um, you know, the components you mentioned about uh, for self realization um, also feed into the next uh, some really good interventions or strategies. One of them being mindfulness based techniques and meditation. Yep. Yep. You know, there's nothing better for strengthening self self realization than mindfulness practices and meditation. And in the way yes. of self-determination, we often do motivational interviewing because we need to establish, okay. you know, when, when we got someone that we're trying to work with, it's important that we know their motivations 
because then, and they have to be those motivations related to delayed gratification rather than immediate gratification. And when, when somebody when comes to me and I tell them, I, I can help you get anything you want, I see you know what it is you want, and they tell me things like play video games 24-7, I know we're in trouble. Because <laughs> that's immediate gratification talking, not delayed gratification, which means that self-determination manager has either not been online yet or is totally incompetent. If we don't strengthen the capacity to have some reasonable goals, some things that you can really achieve and attain, and also you know goals that have, have an effect and impact on society and, and other people in a positive way, then we got a lot of work to do. And so just building that level of, of executive control can be very challenging. But uh, so those are techniques we often use. And step up the yeah, self-generativity, really you know. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry? I'm really yeah, glad go, that go. you added that. Um, the, the, the mindfulness and the motivational interviewing. I got a question for you, though. Is there a level of awareness of, like, awareness of awareness in order for a person to engage in these things and be effective? Yes, and, and that is, and um, you know, if you're like I said, if you're starting from a level of immediate gratification and you have no, very little self-realization, self-awareness, very little uh, self-determination, then the, the therapy has to start first with creating and making competent the, that level of executive control, because I don't have access to your self-regulation unless I can get you to why you should change your self-regulation and take control of it which means we've got to have that next level of management online from age 10 and up before we start working on self-regulation. We really have to have those clarified and strengthened. Yeah, and and, and, so, and we use all kinds of different words. Sometimes we pay attention to what you're paying attention to. We have sure. this kind of vernacular because you, you got, you've got to get to that level, and i got to tell you, I've worked with some people. Sometimes that can, that can take a while, and people can actually fight it sometimes, um, seemingly if they're resistant to it, but it's, it's a, that's, the, a, a, that's the pause that we talk about, like kind of stop and notice what you're doing so that you can kind of begin to manage these things. So, again, I like the mindfulness because um, that, that's definitely something we talk about in motivational interviewing it's a very effective tool. So you could yeah, you got it. Take us up yeah. the next letter. And that, uh, you'd be grateful. Yep, uh, you got it. So we're we're um, we're looking now at that issue. You've got goals from self-determination manager. You set goals. You accomplish them. But there should be a point at which you just start asking yourself, why do I have these goals? Why are these things important to me that I want to achieve and accomplish? And is it okay? How should I accomplish them? Is it okay if I crush everyone in my path? See, if I'm a winner but everybody else loses, is that okay? And so now you have to be considering your goals in relation to the goals of everyone else and realize that you're part of a society, part of a, you know, uh, a, global, a go- global structure here, and, and you have an impact, and the things that you do can impact many others. And so it's really about morals and ethics. It's really about figuring out what you think is right, what you think is wrong, and trying your best to do the things you think are right. And so it's just it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be there. You can set goals and not have any of that, and you can be very successful and accomplish everything you want to accomplish. And then some point in life, you just stop and go, wow, I can't believe what I did to other people to get where I am today. And that can create some, some major what we call existential crises. And you've got individuals yep. that just take a look at their life and go, you know, this is, hasn't been good. And, and the message there is it's never too late to change and to, to restructure that. But you've got to have some sort of a moral compass here, and that's a, that's a level of executive control that needs to be modified and strengthened, you know, in many individuals. Yeah, and so when you say moral compass, would it be fair for me to put values in here? Yep, your values. Yes. What are your values, and why do you hold them, and, and why are they important to you? 
I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely loving this model because you go back in coaching, one of the things that early on is you try to help people identify what their core values are. Many times they're not really aware mm-hmm. of them, and sometimes you have to do some excavating digging, and those values really resonate a lot of things. It's, we did a great show one time about uh, with Elaine Taylor Floss is on the side talking about bullying, and that's how we have values, and sometimes they're in conflict, and the anxiety that's resulting, it's, it's profound how when you can help people understand what their values are and realize sometimes they're in conflict, it removes the emotional component of it because they kind of see it more for what it is. Um, don't mean to get too far off the subject, but um, I, I just I just want to insert that values type thing in there. For some that have been listening to our show over the years, that's kind of, this is part and parcel of what we're talking about. So. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. Oh, I, I appreciate that, Jeff. It's it's important to make connections and to see where things are uh, are very consistent. And I think you're you're right on target there when you talk about values. It's the it's the gateway into discussing these issues, and it's really important for people to think about them. Uh, and again, you know, th- you may value things, but you also have to think about the impact of those things on others. Uh, even just as, as as simple as the fact that we've got a uh, you know sustainability of the environment. If you yep. uh, if you consume resources, you know, at a ridiculous rate, will you know, is that an okay thing to do? And I think yep. sometimes we just don't get there to, to be asking those important questions. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I tell you what, we're a good starting point. I, I need to go to the second break real quick. Uh, when I come back, I want to kind of build on this a little bit. Um, and again, I'm real grateful you're coming on. I think this is a great model uh, that we can relate to some other things, so people can kind of p- put this thing together. Uh, real quickly, again, our secret word tonight is levels. Again, secret word is levels. And please go to Amazon.com and uh, search for Dr. George McCloskey, M-C-C-L-O-S-K-E-Y. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an Edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here. We're having a great conversation with Dr. George McCloskey on the levels of self-control. We've been uh, kind of working our way through um, a model that he has, like the base level being self-regulation, working our way up uh, from there. Um, 
Rather than ask a question, just can you pick up where you left off? We're 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 kind of covering this stuff. Is the next level uh, trans self integration, or do we have some things to cover before we get there? Yeah, you got it. No, I think I think uh, if you're at the self generative level, where you're asking what's right, what's wrong, what what goal, what value, what do you value, what's most important for you to pursue, yep. um, so that that can that can um, guide your everyday goals, there will be a point where you just start thinking about that from a little bit deeper perspective, you know, what, what are these goals that I, that I have and, and what are these values and why do I hold them? And, and this is really the level of the CEO. You know, this is a, this is a metaphysical level here in, in, in terms of uh, now we do see activation within the brain when you're using these capacities. There's, there's definitely a neurophysiological correlate here. But when people are engaged in thinking about this level uh, of executive control, we're talking about transformative uh, experiences and they're – and they're related to the idea here of, of a CEO. Do you have a CEO or don't you? And if you do, where does he reside? Some people believe that don't believe they have a CEO. Some people believe the CEO just resides in their own brain. That's a very, uh, a very materialistic model. Uh, and some people believe that they answer to a higher power, which means they're placing the CEO beyond themselves. And so spiritual connections often uh, come into play here. Uh, they started self-generativity, but they really strengthened. It's really strengthened here at the trans-self integration level, where you're trying to make connection beyond everything. To this point, has been self, self-regulation, self-determination, self-generativity. Now we're talking about what's beyond me, and how do I connect with wow. that? And is there anything beyond me? And so there's the biggest question that you want to that you want to try to ask and, and answer. And some people spend their entire lives thinking about that, and others don't spend very much time at all at it. Wow, I never really had it presented that way. So you have like, there's not a CEO, it's in my head, or it's really a higher faith or really more spiritual. And the grappling with that, some people spend their entire life studying it, some people know. That's that's fascinating to me. Um, wow. Yeah, it's, you got it's, me stumped. Um, I'm trying to think of a good question. Like, I'm like, oh my God, that's kind of like, I've never looked at it that way. That's amazing. It's a showstopper. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and it's, um, you know, it's that idea. Do, do you believe you have a CEO? And, uh, you know, do you believe in a God? Uh, or don't you? You know, these, these are questions. Yeah. And you say, well, there's surveys that suggest that 90 to 95% of Americans believe in, in, a, in some form of a, a belief structure that they would call God a spiritual, oh. something spiritual beyond themselves. And if that's the case, then, uh, you know, strengthening the capacity within your brain to connect with that spirituality or, you know, uh, to engage in what you might call, call transcendental meditation, mystic prayer, uh, just different, different approaches to connecting cosmic consciousness, oneness with all, whatever you want to call it, it's that ability to connect with that source that then gives you the strength to power through every day to do the things you need to do because you believe that they are in fact going to produce, you know, positive results in your lives and positive effects on others. And so now we have this coherence of it's essentially a spectrum of consciousness, and it's a coherence from the from the top, you know, level top level management all the way down to the bottom level of management. If you are feeling that you're connected with some source and that's guiding your self generativity, your values, which then guides your self determination goals, which then guides your self regulation. Now you've got this nice coherence of consciousness. And you're basically acting every day the way you want to, you believe you should be acting and the way you want to be acting, and everything's looking great. You know, the problem is for so many of us, sinking all those levels of management up at one time is a difficult challenge for the brain. And so you may sometimes find yourself that your values are getting a little off base from where you really want it to be, or your or your self determination, the goals that you're pursuing aren't quite consistent with your values, 
or your self-regulation isn't enabling you to reach your goals. And so all wow. these, all these uh, you know, levels have to be in sync for us to really be the kind of person we want to be. It's kind of like thinking about your ideal self. You know, yeah. how, would well, you, how would you really like to be? And, of course, you know, you look in the mirror, and that's not always you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to tell you, I have to pause here for a little bit. I, I, everybody, aren't, don't you wish you were me? <laughs> the great thing about being the host of Potential Talk Radio, I get to ask the experts, and sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, I got a great opportunity. So as you're going through this, what's just screaming in my head is faith. And, and I say that because faith is not necessarily spirituality, but we have to have some faith. And I'm like, do you have faith in yourself as a CEO? Do you have faith in a higher level? And and faith is kind of letting go and trusting. Like my values are my values. I'm going to stick my values. I have faith in whatever it is that's a foundational type thing. I'm throwing the word faith because it's kind of coming up here. But is is faith in, at this particular level or how does it – what are your thoughts on that? Faith, faith is definitely this. Uh, this is the level now. If you look at Andy Newberg's word, work, he he wrote a book called um, uh, "Why God Won't Go Away," and uh, and and there's there in, within within his book about this. He you know he talks about uh, the neuropsychological uh, basis of our belief structures, and he talks about the number one most important thing to exercise your brain is to have faith, a faith based something you believe in. In other words, what is it that you believe in that you can't prove? Because whatever that is, it's going to guide a lot of what you do. We like to, you know, value ourselves as rational beings, and we think we think problems through, and we try to find the best solution. But the reality is, we don't know the best how brains make decisions exactly, uh, and we know rational analysis can never produce an answer or a decision, because rational analysis is a process that analyzes information, and the only answer you ever get with rational analysis is still processing because there's always another variable to put in the equation to start thinking yep. about. So we can never finish the thought process. At some point, we stop all that decision-making, rational, rational processing, and then we make our decision. And sometimes that's so far away from where that thought process stopped, you go, how'd you get there from here? And the answer is the things you believe in that you can't prove. And if you believe wow. it, we all have beliefs. The problem is, do you know you have them, and do you know what they are? If they're conscious and positive, they'll have a positive effect on you. But if they're non-conscious and negative, you can take yourself down and a lot of other people with you. And so it's important for us to be aware of the fact that we have beliefs, we have belief structures, and that so much of what we do with the rational thought processing is selective. Uh, We have confirmation biases. We look into the world, we find the facts that support our position, and we say there are facts to prove that. But, of course, there are lots of facts from which we can select, and sometimes we have to balance them all to get a real answer. But faith yep. leads you and you know guides you in that process, your beliefs. And so when I'm working with clients, yep. I gotta know their belief structure. And I've got to get them to yep. believe in the fact that they can make a change. Yep. Well, so that goes to so there's there's what's what is your beliefs, what are your belief systems or sometimes mindset, how's your mind set up to think with regard to that? And then some of that notion we do in the coaching is is if you're not getting where you go, is so, you know, do you have a limiting belief? Is something getting in your way? And sometimes we're mirroring that back for self-realizations for them to evaluate if something if – if they've got – they're going in a direction and they're banging their head against the wall, often it's like, oh, what if you did it differently? So, for example, <laughs> this is a show of a product. As a dyslexic with learning disability who struggled, I mean, ungodly in, in, uh, in high school, when I went to college, which I only got there because I was a scholarship athlete, I had to sink or swim, and I remember having to do research papers, and the, the notion came to me, I let go of the belief system that I had to go to the library and do everything, and I would just call up subject matter experts 
or call authors and interview them on and just take their quotes and put it in my paper so I would bypass all the research, which is really how Attention Talk Radio was born, was because I can't write or I have a hard time writing. And even right now, I get to have an interview with a subject matter expert. So that belief system for me, I kind of let it go and chose something else. And the, the greatest thing about Attention, I did it for a reason to be in social media, but I never realized that we get an, an education that I get as a result of some of that stuff. So at that particular level, I can see a lot of – I mean, it gets kind of complex, and that's a lot of helping people. We'll try to figure all that stuff out. So I'm saying all that stuff. Am I misrepresenting or is that a, a, is that a, a, a tangible example of, of how this kind of plays through? Well, I think it is, Jeff. I think it's a very much we all have to put it all together. And we've got all these elements that we within our brain that we can use to do that. And, and sometimes if we, if we don't, uh, you know, really work on this and, and really, you know, have it, but, uh, and have a clear picture of how to make it happen, uh, you know, it can be problems for us. But if you do have a clear picture and if you've got that level of a CEO component and self-generativity, self-determination, then that's going to drive that self-regulation because it's going to yep. be those upper levels of management. Again, if they're not competent, what do you think you're going to be doing at that first level of management that connects with the workers in the brain? And so getting your brain to do what you want it to do, you know, starts at the top and comes down. But, of course, yep. you know, when you're younger, we don't have that level which is why we rely so much on our parents and on those others that we look at there, Absolutely. the models that we see in the world. And we, you know, Absolutely. we model ourselves after those individuals because we see what they've been able to accomplish and the way they've been able to accomplish it. So it's a learning process building the brain like this. No question about it. Now, the interesting part about all this with the development is that, you know, when you start development, I call it holarchical development instead of hierarchical. In a hierarchy, you don't go on to the next stage until you're done with the first one. But in the brain, it doesn't work that way. You, you're in self-regulation from near birth until age 10, and then 10 to 14, self-determination, self-realization kick in, whether you're ready or not. So it's not like you, you, uh, you finish, you're finished with one, yep. you know, self-regulation. It's all, it's all ready to go. No, now, you, now you've got this next level of management, and your self-regulation may not be anywhere near as well-developed as the next levels, but you're in yep. this next level. But the good news is you still can keep developing the first level. So once you once yep. you add a level of development, it's transcend and include. It's not you're done. So self-regulation deficits don't have to be forever. And once the next level of development kicks in, you now can you. It might be better developed than than self-regulation, but that's good because it's going to have to take control of self-regulation. So at some point, you're going to have four levels of development within your brain for all these different you know levels of managers, with some of the higher ones being better developed than the lower ones, which is a good thing. Uh, in, in many brains, but the and, and the news is, you know, it's never too late to, to change at any lower level, because you you always have access to that that uh, capacity uh, for change, and and for transformation, wow. and wow. and so that's you know, and, and it's, it gives hope to clients who think, you know, am I going to be like this forever? And my my statement to them is not forever, just just longer than you'd like, right? It's, yeah. Things take time. So I'm going to just kind of throw this in there. This, so we, we, we have all this stuff. At, at some point in time, uh, I think Greg Creech from the Tudor Institute said, you know, your experience in life is what you choose to pay attention to. And I'm saying that because it, from a spiritual perspective, if you choose to pay attention to the Bible, you're going to have one experience, the Quran, another experience, Buddhism, another experience. And so there's a level that you choose that sounds like it would be kind of top down. And I – and I say that stuff because we talk about positive psychology or those things because at one level you can say, I, ha I believe, I have faith that if I pay attention to what's going right, then you've got a beacon. It seems to me that that would have an effect working its way down 
on your self-regulation based off of whatever you're putting faith in. So it's a pretty complex model, but at the same time, those shifts can affect other things. Am I, am I getting too heady with that? Does that make sense? Or Yeah, but, and, you're, and you're right on target there because it is a complex model, but you know we're complex people, and if we, don't, yep. if we ignore aspects of our, of our uh, executive control system, then we're not addressing the full needs of the individual or helping them sync them all up. And development is about, you know, if you're going to develop a, a fully functioning brain, then you've got to have all these levels there available to you and strengthened. And sometimes our, our interventions are only focusing at certain levels, but we have to acknowledge that the other levels are there, yep. and they may be complicating the process in a positive or negative Absolutely. way. Absolutely. So one last comment before we round this up, because I'm, 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 I'm connecting all together, because it's been said if you, if you change what you're paying attention to over a long period of time, it actually physically changes your brain, which is neuroplasticity. So by taking control of the CEO and choosing what you're paying attention to and doing it for a period of time, it might say that that's, that's, we're going full circles, that you can actually kind of change the physical aspects of your brain by choosing uh, what you're focused in on at those levels and impact these. Is that I mean, is that is that circle? Is that, yeah, well said, John. Very well said. I I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. So so now it's fine because I've been saying this for years as a coach. What I do is I try to help people witness their brain in its in its natural habitat, and then we try to beat the brain at its own game. So if you see, <laughs> if it's focusing on negativity all the time, we're like, okay, how can we change the environment to get it to focus on the positive stuff? And so over a long period of time, like. We manipulated. If you have if you if you have struggle with boring tasks and you you pay attention to people, do it with people. And if you pay attention that way, we can manipulate your brain to get it to clean the garage if you want to. If you do it with somebody else, and it's again, <laughs> it's it's a body double, but effectively, when I think about it, I'm like I'm doing that stuff. So we're gonna watch your brain in its natural habitat, and then we're gonna try to beat your brain at its own game. And again, I love this model because it brings so many contexts and stuff that we talked about for so long, and it makes sense of it. It's it's a it's a living, breathing, malleable thing. But as you understand your brain, your thought process, you can actually kind of control it from a meta level. So, which was well, what we kind of talked about, about earlier, so. isn't it? You know it. Wow. Yeah. And and the the wow. frontal cortex is the most programmable part of the brain. It's the one we can change the most. And language is yeah. one of the best tools for fixing it up. It's, it's absolutely amazing. I got to tell you, I love. I'm I'm worn out mentally. Got <laughs> <Not> a workout <laughs> today. Dr. McCarthy, any last comments before we close this out? Uh, well, it's, you know, it's, it's great being uh, having the opportunity to talk with you, Jeff. It's it's terrific, and I love how you connect things, you know, to real context and situations, experiences, and um, it's just it's just a real uh, treat for me to be able to talk with you and and get this information out there and and help people think about things that are important, uh, you know, for helping all of us grow and develop and be the person we want to be. Well, we're thrilled that you came on, so keep thinking of topics. <laughs> so, uh, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, you're welcome, Jeff. It's great. Really enjoyed it. Uh, again, everybody, uh, our secret word tonight is levels. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.